I hope like when we started doing this, the kind of the, one of the ideas was like, we could, we could, we could argue and show that you can argue. And then, and then still, you know, walk away with respect and, and care and whatever. And, and we don't necessarily argue instead. I think that I'm coming into it with a much more open mind. Not, not more than you, but just like <laughs> I'm coming into it with an open mind to be like, okay, help me understand. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my own moral compass still. I'm not changing my deep seated beliefs, but I'm changing some of my ideas and thoughts and, and things about whether it's, you know, uh, abortion or, or rights or race or uh, gender identity, whatever. Like it's just an interesting conversation. So I appreciate that. Um, well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming in with an open mind. I mean, I it truly like, I probably do have a blind spot. Um, <laughs> obviously I have a blind spot. I literally started with, I probably have a blind spot when <laughs> everybody in the world has a blind spot. It's true. It's true. That's why they're called that. Um, but I do have a, a, a blind spot about things kind of liberalism and, and that kind of stuff. I kind of, I do often come into conversation of like, you'll eventually feel this way. Now, the nice thing about it is that history shows us that eventually you all come over anyway, <laughs> like yeah. voting and that kind of stuff. Progress tends to be progress. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the basis for progressive, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I do come into, I appreciate you saying that. I feel like sometimes I come into it with a little more of like, a, this is the fact and you can either be on board with it or not, which is not great. Well, you're and, definitely and definitely. Hmm? You're definitely stubborn stubborn. and know it all. Absolutely. I mean, I, I am stubborn comma. Also, I know it all. Yeah. (laughs) All of that. Uh, So Kim, let's do a little podcasting. What do you say? Nothing going on today, right? I got to, I can do it. I just need to move a couple of things around in my schedule. Yeah. All your movie friends. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, And by that, you mean um, like characters from movies that I consider to be my friends. 100%. 100%. Like Lois Lane. <laughs> I think we would is be it, friends. But is no, are, are you sure? Isn't Lois competition because of your crush on Superman? Well, it depends on who it is. It depends on what Superman. And I would never get in the way of true love. They're, okay. They are true love. Sure they are. No, they are. Look at he, me. Look at me. He, they are true love. No. Yes. True love cannot be built upon a lie. He lies to her about no. who he is. No, until he eventually comes clean, but he's a liar. No, that is why he's a liar. <laughs> that is why people make fun of it all the time. But Man of Steel has the best written Lois Lane. I she seen just it, knows so immediately. Know. And he's like, yeah, I am. And she's like, yeah, no, I knew. He's like, OK, cool. Kiss okay. now. And then they do. OK, I have to go watch that then. <laughs> it's great. All right. Anyway, welcome to my America. We're going to talk about Superman all the way through. Here's the problem with Superman Returns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's That's not Batman Returns. Um, well, first of all, it's not Batman Returns. It's not Batman. It's not any Superman Returns is bad. It's a bad movie. Why is DC always about returns? Anyway, those are the only two I know. I don't know if any of them. It wasn't Wonder Woman Returns, so it's fine. It wasn't Wonder Woman Returns. I know. I said it wasn't. Oh, Do you not listen it was to, still oh bad. No, I don't. It was Welcome. still bad, though. Wonder Woman 84 was not great. I thought it was fun. Uh, I forgot that Gael Gadot was like a fan of the sh- podcast, so I shouldn't say anything. She's a great Wonder Woman, but storytelling wise, it wasn't great. Anyway, uh, my my name's Dan. I am half of this dynamic duo of my America. Uh, 
white, cisgender, hetero, male, living in Michigan, working in marketing, uh, kind of a lifelong Republican. And now I'm just kind of more progressive. And so uh, this is the lens of my America through my, I was gonna say white eyes, but I actually have blue eyes. I'm Dan. (laughs) (laughs) My white lens. There you go. There you go. Um, I'm Kim. I, I don't know how much of the top of the show we're going to keep in. It was a lot to go it on, was but I lot. feel like whatever is being, whatever we're keeping in, I'm Kim. And I feel like you kind of get it from there. But listen, <laughs> it should all stay in because it's really good. We'll see. It's, it's, it's not really good, but it's at least conversational. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly better than Superman returns. Anyway, I'm Kim white, <laughs> cisgender, heterosexual female living in Los Angeles. Um, I work in television production and also have a nonprofit to try and get everybody to vote, to know vote. about voting, to, um, love voting, vote early, vote often is what I always say. Vote often as in there are often elections. Okay. You only vote one time per election. That's okay. actually a proven fact. That's what we do. That is a proven fact. Um, brought by voters doesn't exist. Anyway, obviously based on all of that, I'm liberal. So I guess let's talk. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, our America is through our white lenses. Um, but today we're talking about uh, something that I found online a while back and it just kind of intrigued me and it got me thinking um, it's, it's, about white uh, identity. And there are this person, uh, Barner Hess, eight white identities. And there's white supremacist, white voyeur, white privilege, white benefit, white confessional, white critical, white traitor, and white abolitionist. And I kind of got stuck on this term of white voyeurism. It, not stuck on it like I don't believe it, but stuck on it like, oh shit, is that what I do? Over the last, I don't know, two years here, Kim, I started recognizing the fact that I have a whole lot of privilege in this world, that white is a culture and an identity. Um, and that's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but there are some bad things that are tied to it. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I began to really unpack this thing. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. Ready for a story, Kim? Sure. I'm just going off the cuff here. So back when the term white privilege really kind of gain some steam and and the book from robin d'angelo came out uh of of course maybe not of course for some people but for me anyway of course at first i was like white privilege i am not privileged i grew up in a small town working class i had to work from i didn't get free college i had like all these things right all these things in my mind that, that you hear from white people were in my mind and i and I, but i also realized like wait what is, why, why do i feel that way why is that my reaction i, I called into question immediately why I wanted to fight against it so much. Um, and I asked a friend of mine uh, whose dad is, is black, his, his late father is black, his mom is white. So uh, my friend Enrique is, is black. He comes from a biracial family. And I asked him if he would be willing to talk to me about white privilege because I, wanted, I had some questions and stuff and, and I, I trusted him. And, I, and at the time, I didn't even think about if it was going to be a burden for him. It was not, thankfully. Um, but that's another thing too, by the way, white folks, don't ask your BIPOC friends to educate you. <laughs> that was kind of a dumb, dumb part on my part, but fortunately Enrique has a lot of grace and uh, was very kind and generous. But anyway, but we talked about white privilege. And I was like, dude, look, all these things come into my, my mind and my heart. I'm not privileged. And we worked through it. He was very good. Since then, I've gone down this, this, this journey of working on anti-racism work, 
I'm working toward that because I really do believe in equity and equality. And I think that it's my place to put my privilege to work. But I started thinking about this white voyeurism term and I was really concerned that like, am I doing that? Am I looking at BIPOC artists or cultures or music or anything else and either appropriating or being a voyeur in hopes of like, I don't, I don't even know what, or am I actually working with? So, so really kind of shook me a little bit to go, wait, I don't want to be a white voyeur, but I want to understand cultures that are different than mine. And so that's where this whole subject kind of came up for me. And when I proposed it to you as one of our episodes, you generously said, yeah, sure. I'll unpack that for you and tell you where you're wrong. Well, no, I, I more than anything was curious to see how this conversation would go because you, there is even a, a danger in like being voyeuristic in a conversation about not wanting to be voyeuristic. What do you mean? What do you mean? Go ahead. Um, I, I think that, and, and we have a document that is, that we use to plan out the show because yes, I know that it's shocking, but this show is planned somehow. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little, light, lightly planned. Yeah. Um, but you even said something about, you know, you don't want to fetishize. And, um, it, you know, even having a conversation, I'm not saying that this is something that I thought you would do. I'm just saying like, you can have it. You can even in conversations like this still be almost fetishizing like, well, I want, or I, I need, you know, whatever. And, and really it's not a conversation about what you, the things that you, things and ideas and, and whatever that you specifically want from another culture. And, but it's about your reaction and, and the way that you can be careful about, you know, respecting and appreciating without appropriating. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all. I think so. Somewhere you know, in there. I think, I feel like we've talked about this before and maybe it keeps coming back to intent. Intent isn't the end all be all, but intent is important. You can have good intentions and still be hurtful. So intent isn't everything, mm-hmm. but intent does matter, right? My yeah. intention is not to appropriate and demean and like, but my intention is to really try to understand and grow Right. The, the line that got me was um, consuming black culture without the burden of blackness. I was like, oh, I need to make sure then that I'm not doing that. Right. I, I will never have the burden of blackness. Mm-hmm. I will never understand what that what, what it's like to be black in America. Understood. I'm not going to just take the culture. And use it. What I do want is to understand. Right. And appreciate and respect. And so again, it's not, you know, but, but like, how do I, I guess my question, and I know this is just in general, but how do I show interest? How do I learn without it becoming a fascination and a voyeuristic lean, right? Like just to continue to have the good intention and to like, I, don't I know. think it comes down to where, well, first I want to push back a, a little bit about a, a, a thing that you said that I would love for you to just kind of ex- unpack or expand on a little bit more. Okay. The burden of being black. 
don't think it's, I think that there are, are things that we have as a nation, there are burdens that we put on people on frankly that we put on non-white cisgender male or people that are not a white cisgender male. Right. Um, There are burdens that we put on people, but I don't know that someone would necessarily describe being themselves as burdens, burdensome. And and so I just want to like kind of push back a little bit because I don't think that that is what you meant by it, but like, and without trying to group an entire people, like a group of people together, um, let me bring it to like being a woman. There are burdens that this country puts on being a a woman. I would push back on somebody who says the burden of being a woman. So because I, I I love my gender, like being the gender that I am. And this is the gender that I am. That is my truest authentic self. And I, I love it. Yeah. I, I I know that there, it is off. It is at times burdensome, but I wouldn't refer to it as being a burden because I love that. Yep. Understood. I just wanted to kind of. So the, the, so to clarify, I read, I read the burden of blackness from this document. And what that meant to me was just what you said exactly, that there are burdens that come with being a black American, and I will never understand those burdens. Being black isn't a burden. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful way that that you were made, and there's no burden about it in in my eyes, right? Like, it's so hard because words matter. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't, I don't want to like demean anybody or demean the experience. Your experience completely matters. And it's burdens. These are burdens that we as white Americans and white yes. people have placed upon yes. them. the system. So that we have you know, built it's, it's does important that. to remember that, like, it's not a, a it's not a burden that exists in nature. Right. right <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yep. It, it, it is created by white people. Yep. And then placed upon them. Yep. And And I will never be able to experience it or understand it. And then I will just take your culture and go, oh, that's cool. And be a voyeur. And that's what I don't want. That's what I don't want. I want to acknowledge that, you know, that we do put that, that burden on them as, as a society. Um, and then we just take, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a taker. Right. Have you listened to Macklemore's white privilege too? No. When you were talking about now you have listened to the song when you were talking about um, intent uh, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about the song because in it, Macklemore talks about um, the things that he has gained with a career in rap music as a, a white person in rap music and everything he's he's gained. And he's he talks about it in there. He says, you know, I, I got all of these things, a, a big ass house, a big ass yard with a big ass fence so I can keep everybody out. Uh, and then he says, we take what we want from black culture, but will we stand up for black lives? And I don't know. I was just thinking about that when you were talking, because, yeah. um, you know, it is we are a multicultural country and, you know, you want to take in as much culture as you can just, you know, as a as a person like in general, you know, if you can travel, if you have the privilege to travel, if you have the privilege of living in a, a city or an area that not everybody looks and lives like you. It's awesome. 
and you yeah. get to like experience this fantastic thing. But when you do that, when you get to experience that, when you, you take a little bit of it with you and it is then important to turn around and stand up for everybody else. Like if you're going to be able to be, have the privilege of, of taking part in another culture, whether it's through music or, or food or location or conversation or language, any of it, you have to stand up for people as well. Otherwise you are a white voyeur. Yeah. You know, I, when I listen to hip hop, you know, I, I watched a documentary on history of hip hop and learned a ton, had no idea on some of this, on some of the history of it, the amazing artists. I've always had respect for the, the artistry of it. It's not always my jam, right? Like I, I like different music styles, but I like some of it, mm-hmm. but to see, but I've always appreciated the fact that they are poets. They are artists. They are, um, capturing the American experience from their point of view in a way that others, others never could. Like I I know how important that, that music is. And then also like shows like this is us where a white couple adopts a black baby and then what they go through. And then what he goes through when he begins to explore his racial background mm-hmm. it wasn't his family that raised him but then he goes and, and i'm and i'm watching this and i'm thinking I, I like i take in that culture i i look look in from the outside you know i i watched a a movie a, a campy horror movie uh bad hair evil hair something like that and it was about like a voodoo thing that like oh, this woman got a weave and, but it was through, through this like voodoo black magic. And then the hair like kills people. And it was specifically about, it was written by and produced by and, and acted by black artists. So very mm-hmm. specifically, this wasn't a white story. Yeah. And I, and I, and I wanted to watch it to, again, to understand a different culture. If all I ever watch is Joss Whedon movies, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get anything out of it, right? Yeah. Um, the show, uh, the rookie because you don't like women, right? Yeah. Well, there's a whole different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joss, he's in trouble as he should be. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> um, well, there, see, there maybe we need to have a whole discussion on an artist versus their art and the, the problems with artists and stuff, right? Like, oh yeah, we totally should. Like, but anyway, but like <laughs> you know, the rookie, you know, they're again very seemingly very white, but also they're they're tackling some of the issues of of black America and racism. And as I'm, and I'm just like, I'm taking all this stuff and I think, okay, what can I then do? Mm-hmm. Right. What can I do? Can I, can I go be part of a protest? Can I vote certain ways? Can I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a co-host on, a, on another podcast called the anti-racism in action podcast with uh, Stan Smith. And I'm adding my voice to this chorus of voices to stand up. So that hopefully I'm exercising some of that responsibility that privilege and not just being a white voyeur. And I, and I hope that that's part of keeping me out of the white voyeur part of it is right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the understanding that I'm not going to get, always get it right. And I'm not going to get it right for everybody. There may be people of color who look at me and go, but you're still being a white voyeur. And I'm going to listen to it and say, okay, help me understand then. Yeah. 
And there again, it doesn't make them necessarily right either. One black person doesn't speak for an entire race of people that come from all different ethnicities and ethnicities and backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's, it's okay that we're all different and different thoughts and opinions. It's, mm-hmm. I believe it's being respectful and, and open to those conversations. That's why I opened up this whole episode with thank you for, for, for being a part of that with me because I'm open to listening and learning. Even if I don't, don't always agree, I'm at least there anyway. Yeah. I'm awesome. I, I deserve a badge so for it. That's important. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I know that the world is not giving you your accolades enough. So here, let me be the first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a jerk to you. I'm for, sorry. No, you know what's so funny well, is like- I've I opened myself up for that this, one. That's fine. <laughs> I've evolved this like weird character on this show where I'm just <laughs> so great and so rude. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> like, I think I'm so great. And it's not what we were talking about before. <laughs> Um, is that that's not what I actually think right, of right, right. myself and well, also what I think of you. And I, and I don't <laughs> honestly think that I need a badge for this. Like, let's be clear on that. I make that joke, but let's be clear. The things that I'm doing aren't so that I get recognized by like the black community or something. I'm not going to get a badge or a, what, like a label that, and that's fine. We as white people do this work because it matters, not because the reaction matters we have to recognize that too. Yeah. Well, that, you know, speaking of intent, you know, you can be doing good things with bad intent. Yeah. You know, you can be doing the work for the reward, which is also, you know, you know, we, that's great that you're doing the work, but that's not, if, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, like you were saying, uh, speaking of, you know, talking about being a white foyer, if you are trying, you know, you're, you're putting in what you perceive to be, you know, the work and, and trying to learn and trying to be of service. And then somebody turns around and tells you, here's, here's the problem or like, here's why it's, you still are kind of being white foyer or here's you know, why what you're doing isn't being super helpful or, or whatever it is, um, you know, a way to gauge is your reaction. Are you just pff, screw you like you don't know? Or are you listening? OK, I thought I was I thought I was doing the right thing. But, you know, let me hear it. And hear what you what you think of what I'm doing and and. Can we have a conversation about it? I think that that is important too, to like gauge your reaction. Yeah, that's a good point. Take that temperature, right? Yeah. I found um, another article from everydayfeminism.com that talks about cultural voyeur, cultural voyeurism. That ain't easy to say. Um, <laughs> it's tricky. Which is the practice of seeking some kind of gratification by objectifying a culture different from one's own. And I guess that's, again, it's, maybe a little bit subjective to talk about objectifying, but I think you know it when you see it, right? That may be difficult to kind of nail down, but. Like porn. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That that was, that was a Supreme Court decision. I I can't name it, but I know when I see it. (laughs) That's fair. Um, I'd like to say that I could define porn, but you know what? Yep. I don't need to know your definition of it. I think I'm good. (laughs) Thank you. I guess it's not binary, right? Like showing a shoulder for some people is pornographic. Showing an areola is not or something. I don't know. Anyway, 
Yes. It depends on the areola. Right. Yeah. The gender identity of the areola. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the gender yeah. identity of the person with the areola. Yes. That's fair. Fine. Correct me for everything. Gosh. Well, I mean, be, why do I have do you on better this show? and I won't have to? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the objectifying, that's, that's what it comes down to, right? Am I objectifying yeah. or am, am I learning? Am I, am I open to criticism? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We, we solved it. There you go. There you go. We fixed I am, it. I am not a white voyeur. I know that now my, thank you for the Well, therapy. you think that. I mean, if you think I am, you're wrong. So it's fine. <laughs> my opinion really doesn't matter in this case. It's true. <laughs> Does it ever? Does it? Often. Well, well. I mean, to you anyway. <laughs> not to the world, certainly not to our country. Right, right. <laughs> you have a uterus. Me. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you have a, do you have other thoughts? Like, do you worry about this? You know, you've surrounded yourself with a lot of diversity. You live in an area that is more heavily Hispanic. You know, uh, Mexican immigration. Like, yeah, I'm super lucky when it comes to that. And I, you know, I, I think, yeah, it comes down to intent. It's um, I think something that I think about often is like, not everything is for everybody. And, um, okay. <laughs> you have to be like, okay you're, with you're that. Not, you're not for everybody. <laughs> oh no. I'm, I'm at best an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you mean but by I, not everything? You know, for everybody? people talk about like music and that kind of, I, I had a conversation a couple of years ago with a friend of mine who was talking about a very popular musician. And they said, I didn't care about this album. And I said, that's fine. That album is not for you. This person is white. And I said that you not liking this album doesn't really, the album was made for you. <laughs> like sure. not everything. I think as, as white people, we kind of have to, um, because everything as far as like laws were made for us <laughs> quite literally as the founding of a country. <laughs> um, so it is uh, something to remind yourself that like, if you don't like specific music is a, a great example of it because it is music is popular and it's played on the radio and you can at, attain it easily. Um, it's just something to remember that like not everything is for everybody. And that is okay, you not liking something doesn't make it bad. It makes it not for you. And so, so let me, let me ask this then. If I do like it, but it wasn't necessarily made for me, is that okay? And what I mean is like you go to someone, an artist like, like Tupac, who Mm -hmm. made music for, for his people. He was the voice of, of a, of a people. And I come in, I'm like, man, this really speaks to me. Am I being a white voyeur or am I understanding? I, I don't know. Like that's, it's like the Macklemore I think song. Liking it, l- liking California love. I think that that is different than like this song, like is made for me. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I struggle with that one because I want to say that that is, I mean, who am I to say yes or no to these things? What am I doing? I don't know. You're what not, do I think I mean, I'm doing here? It's, oh God, <sighs> I'm just the worst. But I would, my immediate thought is that, I don't know, man, like you're putting positive energy into the world about it. So yeah. then 
if you're willing to say, I really like this, I understand that it's not, I'm not, you know, the target audience for it, but it's great. And I really like it. Then I don't know that there's anything really wrong with that. So let me but ask I, this. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, don't let's sing every single word. Let's, let's be, yeah, no. Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, that, that, that's, that brings up another one. Um, I'll ask that in a minute. Let's be honest. Much of what we're saying here is through the, uh, the lens of white America for sure. And so we don't have all the yeah. answers. We're just, we're just talking, we're just working through it together. So if you have thoughts on it and you want to hit us up on Twitter, my America pod on Instagram, my America pod, we'd love to hear them. Um, you don't sing every word in the song. So in, oh my God. Oh, um, Dear White People is the show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that there's an episode where uh, one of the black characters was at a, um, at a party, like a frat party. And they were singing something and the white guy sang every single lyric in the song and he shouldn't have. And the black guy was like, dude, don't please. He was like, what? It's, it's lyrics. I know, but like we're we're friends, and I just don't want to hear you saying that. Oh man, but it's a lyric, man. It's, and it like it turned into a fight. Then the cops got brought in, and then we get to see how the cops react were written to react to the black young man versus the white young man. Like it was a whole thing. It was again as a white guy looking in, I was like, wow, this this is teaching me something. Yeah, it was really good. But there again, don't sing every word. I'm I'm not gonna. <laughs> that's yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. good thing. It's like. Um, so let me ask this then. Um, sure. You, so again, you, you know, growing up in Southern California, um, me, uh, Mexican American and, and Mexican cultures around you a lot is the difference mm-hmm. like incorporating that Mexican culture into your regular menu versus throwing a giant grad party that is Cinco de Mayo taco Tuesday caricatures of everything when your family is obviously very white. Is that the difference between celebrating culture and like appropriating and being a voyeur? I think that that is a difference for sure. Like, don't sure, yeah, do the I, second mean, one. I mean, a, I mean, <laughs> a difference. I'm not, yeah. And also just want to be clear that I didn't do the second one. No, you were okay. not using the example sure. of me. Yes. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We just had a party in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was questionable the week before if I was even going to graduate. So we had to, we just had a, had a party and, uh, you know, if a diploma was a part of the party. That was a bonus. <laughs> that, that was week. the bonus. <laughs> yes. I was not pointing out like a, a thing. No, that no, 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 no. I mean, there, there's, a, it should be that, that feels like a very clear line of like appreciation versus appropriation. I mean, you would think so. I mean, let's be honest. We just like, we're recording in, in at the end of May. This is coming out mm-hmm. in June or July, whatever. But like Cinco de Mayo just happened. And I start now, I start to get uncomfortable with people celebrating that because y'all, we aren't Mexican. Well, it depends on how you're celebrating. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, are you celebrating because it's Cinco de Mayo, I'm going to go out and get wasted. It's uh, Mexico's Independence Day. No, no, and no. Right. Um, do you understand what Cinco de Mayo is? Right. How are you celebrate? You know, all that kind of stuff. Are you celebrating all of oh. that? And also, what are you doing on Cuatro de Mayo? <laughs> like, what are you doing on the fourth and on the sixth? Right. Um, because th- that also changes. 
if you are should building be celebrating. the wall. I mean, I mean, if that if you voted for Trump, this guy who announced his candidacy by saying they're not sending us their best, they send us rapists and murderers, then fuck you, don't like go fuck yourself. You cannot celebrate, celebrate yeah, yeah. any of that. And and you and, and frankly, you should not be able to have to partake in any culture, any piece of that culture. Because what you're trying to do is literally like yank what you want out of it and then push everybody away and literally put a wall up. So no, you don't get to do, you lose your privilege to that because you clearly have other privileges. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I think that that is the other thing too, is like, if you want to celebrate a holiday because in your, like, because as a, country and also like in your brain you think like it's just a day to go out drinking so then let's talk about saint patrick's day because i can hear i can certainly hear somebody saying well if you told me i can't celebrate cinco de mayo then i can't if you're not irish you can't celebrate saint patrick's day okay but in 2021 we have been able to evolve our reptilian minds into we're not continuing to punish irish people we are not continuing to, um, we don't pay them less. We do not, uh, they are not jailed at higher rates. We are not creating laws to uh, make it harder for them to vote. We are not trying to build a wall between Ireland and America. So you know what, whatever, celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I, I don't think that that one is, maybe I'm completely wrong on my thinking on it. I think it's a little bit different because we spend, May 4th and 6th building walls. Yes. All fair points. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was, I wanted to ask that. Yeah. But as I'm asking it in my mind, I'm thinking of what you said before about you can't punch down and yes, like celebrating. Now I will say this. I think I believe celebrating St. Patrick's day by simply going out and drinking a bunch of green beer is asinine. I think it misses the complete point about it. like it's yeah. And you're prep- perpetuating stereotypes of a bunch of drunk Irish people. Like that's not okay. Yes. However, you're punching up <laughs> Irish yeah. compared to Mexican or BIPOC or indigenous is punching yeah. up. Irish is white. Everyone else is not. And so you're like that, like, like you're appropriating up rather than down. <laughs> I don't know. That, that sounds so dumb when I say it, but that's, that's how I kind of think about it. Isn't, isn't great in general, but right, you right, know, right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's day. Sure. Cause everybody wants to be white. That's, that's really bad too. But like, I, that's how the world kind of, right. We, we put this, yeah. this white supremacy thing out there that like we strive for that. And yet white people want to take, I, I like Kim, I like how you said it. Well, I'm going to take what I want and then push away everything else. And you very much use those gestures you know, as we record on video. Like I can, I can hear it though, too. When you said it, I could hear it. And that's, and that's, what's not okay. I'm going to take what I want, but then push away everything else and not fight for you or see you as a human. I'm going to objectify and that's objectification. Yeah. 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 So what I learned today is <laughs> I know you think it's, you think I'm going to say something funny. I know, no, honestly, no, I don't think you're going like, to say something funny. I know. I actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, 
I never think you're going to say something funny, but I just felt like I wanted to have like, a cute little logo and piece mm-hmm. of music. Oh, I'm sorry for taking you seriously. I'm never funny. I just never go into it thinking you're going to say something I funny for sure. Yeah. I have a pet rock that's <laughs> mad at me. Oh my gosh. Because I take Does it this for feel, granted. Do you feel so? Do you listen, feel good about that in this no, moment? I really don't. I really don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so listen, but but I can't stop the jokes. So even if I'm not funny, <laughs> something's like even, wrong with us. We're, I, we're I fundamentally broken. broken. I'm broken. Um, <laughs> even in serious conversations, I I, I can't help it. Uh, yeah. But here's the, here's what I learned today, though, is that um, in, intent does matter. It's not the only thing. But intent does matter. If I'm willing to take in the culture, but push everything else out, I'm doing it wrong. If I'm willing to take in the culture and to, in order to have empathy and understanding and care for my fellow human beings and not objectify or caricaturize them, I'm doing it right. More, more right, at least. Right. Mm -hmm. But also to be open to when, when I do that and someone says, yeah, but here's where you're kind of getting a little bit wrong even if they don't say it that nicely, because sometimes they don't. And I, I just kind of got to be open to like, you're being kind of a jackass. Um, I think that's important. But also, damn it. I guess I did need to hear that. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Like I, it, it shouldn't be up to the person correcting me to do it the, the right way air quotes every time either. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I do think that a lot of us are on edge in the last couple of years here. We are easily offended. And sometimes we can just look at it and go, it's not that big of a deal and walk away from being offended. We can choose to not be offended sometimes. I get that. Also, I believe it's true that some people's offenses need to be taken a lot more seriously because they haven't said anything for a long time and we need to listen. And also, yes, they have not said anything or, well, no, hang on. We haven't listened in a really long time. Both of those things are true. Yes. Some people haven't said anything. Many people have, so, and we just yeah. haven't listened. Yes. And, yes. And so when somebody is telling you something and maybe you perceive it as like, man, I really wish they had said that to me nicer. We don't know how many times that day they've had to say that. How many yeah. times in their life they've had to say it. That's right. Um, how many times they've just kind of pushed it down. We, You just, you don't know. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. That's something to, uh, to go into it but being so damn insightful yeah. my gosh i'm can i tell you i'm knocking it out of the park this weekend you really are in insightfulness you really are yeah excellent so there you go white voice thanks for unpacking that with me that was good you're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, thank you for unpacking it with me as well i yeah. enjoyed that conversation very much <laughs> social media my america pod uh at dan moyle also at dr kim no, <laughs> <laughs> at kim moffitt <laughs> uh doctor not yet masters not a doctorate yeah. Yeah. if day. you if you go for your phd i will not call you doctor just so we're I'm clear going, can i tell you why i'm doing it let's play out a scenario on a plane okay all right oh my gosh is there a doctor on this plane wait oh wait hang on let's do this again you you be the one that says that you're not just gonna do the whole scene by yourself this isn't a one no you show? do it i'll, okay. I'll allow in a scene partner this okay. one time okay does meryl streep need a scene partner no so what's the difference anyway i'll let you do it this time okay um oh my gosh is there a doctor on the plane uh i could uh, yes me how can i help uh this man's having a heart attack oh here's the thing about voting so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you would do that now oh, if yeah. i said this woman's having a heart attack you'd be like i'm gonna find somebody 
But if it's a man, and I'd also be like, like, "Hey, thank you for recognizing her symptoms. They don't present like men so often. They're sent home from the hospital." That that actually, that's a very important point, and uh, people should understand that that Uh, sometimes uh, a a woman's heart attack can present a little bit more like acid reflux. And the patriarchy is keeping them down. Well, they don't go to the hospital because women often have to just kind of suck it up you and then also the doctors send them home and it's just cool to be a woman in america understood 100 <laughs> percent. i have no smartest comments to make about that because i know better sorry 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 no i don't be sorry i'm I not have. like this in just I, like conversation normally <laughs> so when we were watching uh a million little things recently my uh wonderful partner and i uh, so, okay. I need to, I have, I have a question for you also here in a minute. Remind me of that, sure. um, partner versus wife and ownership anyway. Um, oh my gosh. I was just thinking about that. Go on. Okay, cool. So Sonny and I were watching a million little things and, um, the, the, the character had, and I, I'm, I'm blanking on her name completely. And I feel so dumb because I love this show, but she is a black woman and she went to the doctor to a, um, a, a like to get an MRI and a, and a, and a brain scan and, and whatever. And uh, because she had a concussion and she was forgetting things and whatever. And he just basically said, you're fine, go home. And she's like, yeah. no, but I want a scan. And he was like, no, you don't need that. Just go home and rest and calm down. <laughs> and Sonny looked at me and she's like, is it because she's black or she's a woman? Do you think? Cause he was a white male doctor. And I was like, um, both. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, I've heard, I've heard that talked about and, and I've seen research on, you know, um, black Americans and women both suffering in healthcare because basically white male doctors go, ah, it's no big deal. And, and that needs, that's like a whole other thing. So anyway, American women die in childbirth at a higher rate than in any other developed country, while non-Hispanic black women are three times more likely wow. to die in this country. Yeah. There's a whole lot to cover on that. Yeah. 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 Yep. So needless to say, my jokes about you saving a woman. Yes. We, you know, we need they, all, they had a similar thing happen in the show 911. And I'll listen, let's, it's not a good show. Like, I know that. I know that. And I've known it the entire time. I've never, but I will give them a couple of moments. And, and this one in particular was a moment like that. It was a, an older black woman went to the hospital um, and was sent home. Sometimes people just faint, they said. And then she ended up needing emergency surgery. Um, And then they also, their season finale had Jennifer Love Hewitt plays like a 911 operator. I'm sorry. She plays a 911 operator. She doesn't play like a 911 operator. She does the job. (laughs) Um, She plays a 911 operator who uh, has just given birth in the last couple months of the show sometime during the season and in the season finale spoiler alert for 911 fans i guess she um if you're holding on to that season finale episode until just the right time she quits her job because she's having um postpartum depression and and it has been trying to kind of quote work through it mm. and you know that's not something you can just get over or work through right, right. and uh i i thought you know for a show the show is what it is, but I, I was, yeah. I really enjoyed that, that they, you know, we, we need to be having 
conversations as a country about um, healthcare and mental health and everything. And I also appreciate when a just a normal, you know, just a show that is kind of is really just about <laughs> what happens when a hot air balloon takes off without the <laughs> ropes attached correctly. Um, you know that that every show is bringing in issues like that so that people that maybe wouldn't normally think about something about a topic like that can kind of start to get it through their the noggins but the bottom line i don't know what to say about partners versus spouses the bottom line is you want to get your doctorate in voting rights so that you can let somebody die to for the joke um so i don't want them to die for the joke but Mm. i you want to kill? Ugh. Yeah. So I do you want the joke to kill? When I say my wife, I now think sometimes, am I being patriarchal and not feminist focused? I'm really trying to understand all of that, and so I'm like, my wife, my bride, I'm her husband, my partner. What do I? So like, I struggle. So now, like, jokes aside, I stumble on that sometimes now because I'm now she doesn't ever have a problem with it. She calls me her husband. I call her my wife. It's fine. No big deal. But I'm just like these things, these episodes, these conversations make me think about that stuff. So maybe we can talk about that someday. Maybe. I mean, my first thing is like, you're, you're just saying my wife is just a fact, right? You're not saying like my wife that I'm controlling, like I let my wife have coffee today. (laughs) You know what I mean? I make her have coffee. Otherwise it's a bad day. It's kind of, you know what it it, it is different, but kind of reminds me of going back to a, a little bit. Well, not go back to this episode, but when someone is describing somebody else in a story and they're talking at a regular volume and then they say, I ran into so-and-so, he's black. Yeah. And we, well, first of all, is there, is that description necessary in the story? Yeah. If it is, they probably know they're black. (laughs) You don't have to whisper or like treat it like it's a bad word. Right. Right. When you treat it like it's a bad word, that is part of how we get to where we are today as a country in the way that we treat our Black Americans and our, our BIPOC, um, our fellow BIPOC friends and family and community members. When you can't even say it out loud, like they probably know. I think maybe <laughs> and you're they treating do. it like like it's a bad word, and then you're perpetuating issues. Yeah, it's okay to say now whether or not it's but, even needed but, in the story is something you know. That's a whole yeah. That's another layer. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. That's what I that's what I stumble on right now. Okay. I don't want to own her. I don't want to own her. All right, my friend. That's a wrap right. on the show. Do you want to tell anybody where they can find the show on social media? We already covered because uh, I said Dr. Kim often, then it just became a bit. And we so. spiraled from there, didn't we? Yeah. Uh the the show on social is my America Pod, mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter both. And then myamericapod at gmail.com if you want to send us a note and tell us to wrap shit up. <laughs> 